Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church in Chicago. My name is Pastor Joel Hess, and it's my privilege to talk about Jesus and the hope and the peace we have in Him. Uh, please enjoy the following message, and if you like, uh, support the mission of God here in this area by going to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org. Set it into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. We say that every Sunday in the Creed, and we say the Creed, we're going to speak it after the sermon because we forget. <laughs> essential truths of our Lord, what we believe, and what our hope is in. That's, just, that's why we say the creed. If you're wondering, like, why are we saying the creed again? Because we're not very smart. We need to be reminded about the reality of the, what we have in uh, Jesus Christ. So we're going to talk about the last day, the end times, uh, for the next couple of weeks. And what does that mean? What are different nuances of it? What does it mean in your life? But in general, as we think about that, Christ coming again, and how that could be a frightening thing, the end of the world, the resurrection, all these things, mysterious, unknown, right? They're scary, right? I want you to think about it like this. There's a story of this, uh, these pioneers going across America, right, to the west, and they're going through the prairies, and this large group was traveling, and they could see far off in the distance a fire. It just totally filled up the horizon. It was a long ways off, but it was coming quickly, and they knew exactly what possibly was going to happen. And their fear, you know, they're all freaking out, obviously. But the leader said, let's burn. And he commanded them to burn all behind them a large stretch. Just set the whole prairie behind us on fire. And they did, and it burned down, you know, quickly just burned up. And then they backed up into that area, and the fire approached. And one little girl asked, you know, the captain of the party, saying, My, you know, it's coming, are we going to die? And the guy says, don't worry, we're standing where the fire has already been. You're safe. In the same way as we talk about the last day, we talk about the end of the world, we talk about Christ's coming, we do it from a position of safety because the fire has already gone by us in Jesus Christ. His death and his resurrection and his pouring out his grace is as if he were burning up your life. When you baptize, you die in a sense. You are now safe in Christ. So we can talk about these things from a position of safety knowing that Jesus has us. It's going to be okay. And instead of being afraid, we actually have something to look forward to. Christ is coming again. It's going to be a glorious day. The resurrection. No more sin. No more Satan. No more death. No more frustrations in your relationship. No more having to go to the graveyard and crying. No more wondering what does tomorrow bring. Am I going to last at my job? You know what I mean? Is the doctor going to have bad news for me? No more worries. Fears. It's a beautiful thing that is coming. Christ is coming. Put that on your calendar. 
I really mean that. It's so important that we recite this in the creed because we're putting that in our calendar. And when you put something on your calendar, it gives you perspective, right? Our general calendars are important. You need to write things down so you don't forget. You need to write down important things. Stuff that you got to do. Scary things maybe, but you need to do it and you don't want to miss that. Maybe it's for your job or whatever, right? Successful people have long-term calendars filled out. Successful people also have their anniversary on their calendar. (laughs) So they don't miss that, right? Calendars are big. But calendars are not just important to get you to do stuff. But calendars also and having dates selected are wonderful because it gives you something to look forward to, right? This morning with all the kids, we talked about, you know, what dates are coming up on your calendar. And even like the two-year-olds are thinking, Christmas excites them. Thanksgiving, all these things. You know, I don't know what it is for you. But put Jesus coming again on your calendar. Because when you do that, just like when you do all these other important things in your life, it gives you perspective to... First of all, two. Why do I start with number two? Number one, it reminds you that these things come to an end. That things that you are worried about come to an end. But things maybe that you kind of put trust in, that you have hope in, things that you really kind of find your righteousness in or, or your safety that makes you feel good, they're coming to an end. In other words, don't waste your time if you constantly have in your calendar, just like we recite every Sunday, that things will come to an end. It might stop you from putting all your marbles into one basket, whether it's the job or the career or you got enough, or whatever that might be, that man, that's just filled, that's just your, all your hopes and your dreams, your source of happiness is in these material things. When you have the end of the world on your calendar, it kind of reminds you, sort of like, you're going to lose them anyways. So you better find something else. Something else to be a source of happiness, a source of joy, something you can be confident in, Right? But number two, it's good to have that date on your calendar, in your brain, because it gives you hope that no matter what you're going through, you will survive even death. That no matter what you are worried about, another day is coming. There will always be another day, and there will always be a morning for the Christian. So no matter what you're worried about, no matter how bad the night is, and all that stuff falling apart and falling down upon you, you know there's a date on your calendar when it will be erased. All your fears gone and your worries. And you will be successful. You will rise from the dead. You will see your faith face to face. Your tears will be dried. So put the last day on your calendar. It's so important. It gives you perspective. And when we don't have that, we forget where we are and whose we are. We really do. He's ascended to heaven, sits at the right hand of God. From thence he shall come again to judge the heaven, the living and the dead. Paul writes to this church in Thessalonica about Christ coming again. And uh, it was confusing for them as it is for us because 
if you want to look for something to read about the last days, the last day, Jesus coming again, you can find tons of it. I'm sure just go up the road to Barnes and Note. Does it still exist? We still have bookstores, by the way? Yeah, who goes to bookstores anyways? Anyhow, you can find tons of stuff on the last day, on the end times. People love to write about it. And probably 70% of it is weird and creepy, right? And, uh, but you can make money off it, right? You can make up all kinds of stuff. And let me tell you too, if you read a book and it says Jesus is coming again on this date, you're in a wrong book, right? You should probably put it down. If you're going to a church and the pastor says Christ is coming again in five weeks, that is one of many red flags that you got yourself into a cult, right? In the 19th century, I would say almost all Christian cults started with somebody saying Jesus is coming again and obsessing over the end times in the last day, talking about it, etc. Almost every single one, I would say, of the major cults of our day all began with that, an obsession over when and somebody saying it's happening now. So I'm just going to throw that out. And if you hear me tell you, First of all, it might increase attendance, so I think I, get, I might try it. If you tell people, hey, come to this church, he'll tell you when the last day is. It might increase attendance for a little bit. It may be giving, right? Christ is coming, better look busy. Um, but uh, it's a sign of a cult. But the same thing was going on in, in Paul's day. Right away, Paul is like first generation Christian, and already you had, just like Jesus said, Jesus literally said, people are going to come, they're going to tell you that they are me, right, risen from the dead, or the new Messiah, or Jesus, and people are going to tell you, I'm here now, or they're going to lie to you, and it happened. And so in Paul's day, apparently, people were saying this, that Christ had already come. I'll read it real quickly, you can read along, chapter 2 of uh, Second Thessalonians. Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to him was a great way to think of Christ coming again in glory. Jesus comes and gathers us to him. We ask you, brothers, sisters, not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy, report, or letters supposed to have come from us, saying that the day of the Lord has already come. So apparently for Thessalonica, somebody wrote a letter and maybe even said, Paul, you know, Jesus already came. Sorry, guys, you missed it. So some people are like upset, like, I missed it? Son of a gun. You know, what, I don't know what that, uh, <laughs> what they were thinking there. But then he goes on and says, don't let anybody deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped so that he sets himself up in God's temple proclaiming himself to be God. No, it is not Donald Trump. No, this is also not Barack Obama. So let that go, whatever side of the fence you are. It's someone saying they are Jesus or a spokesperson for Jesus. And they're teaching you things that are not things that Jesus has taught. You fill in the blank. The point is, Paul's saying, Christ is not, first of all, he's not coming mysteriously. Jesus is not coming and you're not going to know it. When Christ comes, you're going to know it. All knees shall bow. So, 
If you're walking down the street and suddenly everybody bows, maybe you should, you know, then you should bow. But I mean, you're going to know it. It's not going to happen secretly, right? The second, Paul says a little bit, like, there's going to be people out there deceiving. So don't be surprised. And I always think this is kind of scary. Jesus says this, Paul says this, watch out, people are lying about who Christ is and what he says. Number one, people do this. People that come in the name of Jesus and say they're the spokesman for Christ, and they don't tell you that Jesus has died for all your sins and risen again, and it's free and it's yours, Paul would say is the Antichrist. Not the one, but many. It happens. But you read a lot of these letters of Paul, and you listen to Jesus. He's always talking about um, watch out in the sense of not, not, don't, you know, you're not supposed to be worried about when he's coming again or not. You're not supposed to be figuring out. God does not play riddles with you. You know what I mean? If you figure out the riddle, you'll know when I'm coming. It's not a riddle. You'll know. But it kind of freaks me out a little bit about these deceivers. What am I supposed to do with this? Will I be deceived? What do you think about that? How do you know if you're being deceived or not? Paul says it later. Later on in chapter 2, he says this. After kind of scaring him a little bit, watch out for deceivers. We ought to always thank God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through belief in the truth. He called you to this through our gospel, that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers, stand firm and hold to the teachings we passed on to you, whether by word of mouth or by letter. How do we deal with all the false teaching? When is Jesus coming back? How do we decipher this? We stay in God's word. We hold on to his letters. We keep this. We read this. We gather once a week. Read his word. I speak about it. We gather maybe together in Bible studies. But we stay in this word. When things seem dark and unknown and you feel like life is a riddle, it's easy to get lost just looking out there. How do you stay in the light and how do you stay aware and in his presence? You stay in his word. Just like when you learn how to, to fly, there's one level because you, you can fly by sight. But at some point, uh, which John F. Kennedy Jr. did not learn, you learn how to fly by instrument. So you can fly in the darkness, right? And when you do that, because when you're, when you're in the plane and you're, it's totally dark or whatever's going on, you can't see anything. You actually can think you're upside down, you're going north. You don't know where you are at all. You're literally relying on those instruments. And that's what Christ's word is. And that's what Paul says, to stand firm in these words. Because it definitely can be confusing. It definitely can get dark out there. And not just, when is Jesus coming back? Or are these the last times? When is it going to be? But also just our sins and our, our fears. All these things can just muddle our life up. And make us feel like it's just dark and confusing. And all the books you can get at Barnes & Noble about Jesus or Christianity. All these things, right? Stay tuned on your instruments, which is God's word. Be in it. It is our hope. It is our life. It tells us what's up. 
to ever be hopeful and that it's going to be okay. It gives us that peace and it gives us that hope. Stay in his words. Read his words with one another at home and here. This is our life and this is our light. And most especially as we talk about the last day, we are safe in Christ. It is something to look forward to. And it is something that we want everyone to know. That there's a better world out there and it's not going to be made by hand. And it's not going to be made by passing this law or that law or electing that politician or discovering this or that. Because there's always going to be problems. But there's a greater day coming when things will be made right. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.